Hello, I'm Martin Gill, and this is the CX Cast. Welcome back to the CX Cast. Now, I am somewhat flying solo this morning because it's super early in the UK. I haven't even had breakfast yet because I'm up with Ricardo Pasto, who is based... Where are you based, Ricardo? Based out of Sydney, Australia. So we're at that liminal time where it's breakfast time for me, it's end of day pub time for you on these weird calls (laughs) between the UK and Australia. That's right. Now... You don't sound super Australian, so what are you doing in Australia? I am not Australian. Uh, Yes, you're right. I was born and raised in Italy, uh, but I live most of my life uh, outside of Italy. 15 plus years in China, uh, mostly Beijing, and uh, relocated with Forrester to Sydney uh, in Australia roughly four or five years ago. So yeah, that's, that's how I landed here in Australia. So you cover CX in APAC at Forrester, and listeners, if you've listened to any of our other episodes on CX predictions, or if you've listened to our sister podcast, the What It Means podcast episode on broader predictions, you'll know that every year at Forrester, we get our heads together as analysts and come up with a set of predictions for the year. So we look at forecast data, we look at trends, we look at what we're seeing in the market, we look at macroeconomics, and we try to work out what do we think is going to happen next year, or this year when this goes live. And most importantly, how do we quantify that? Can we put some numbers around it? Can we put a ranging shot in terms of what it means? So Ricardo's here to talk to us about government predictions, particularly for CX, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. So let's start with a fairly basic question. Um, We're facing into a year where I think it's something like 4 billion people around the year are potentially going to go to an election this year. So a big year for government in many, many countries around the world. So what is the state of CX in government? Uh-huh. Well, that's, that's not an easy, quick answer, honestly. Um, last few years have been really a mixed bag for many CX leaders, especially for those working in government and the public sector. We have uh, the CX index in a lot of data that we collect every year in government as well, in Australia and in the US. And what we've seen is uh, the CX quality went up and down over the past five, six years. And uh, in fact, most of the government agencies that we keep track of actually ended up delivering poor or mediocre CX. Now, this sounds like, you know, quite a grim picture that I'm giving to you, but don't mistake this as a lack of trying. Uh, In fact, there are many uh, competent, very competent CX professionals working in the private sector uh, and, and public sector. And I've been very fortunate to uh, work with many of them since I moved to Australia. I would say that the reality really is uh, that most transformations, right? Uh, most CX transformations, but in reality, any transformation, do take you know, years to produce any tangible impact. And I would say especially in government. Now, in my view, there are two critical issues that I think are really important to call out. The first one is CX transformation requires what we call excited support, right? Uh, and of course, you know, the budget that goes with it. Now, what we know is... Of course, government agencies are, you know, huge, complex machines. And um, if I were to use an analogy from the animal world, I'd say that they're like elephants, you know, big and powerful, but, but stubborn. I don't know if you would agree with that, uh, Martin. I, I, I think I would, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it takes a lot of effort to point that elephant to the right direction, right, to drive meaningful change. Um, you must have a leader in a position of authority. You know, ideally, someone with a political mandate, 
right? Who understands CX and is an active sponsor of it. Think of a minister or another elected official. And there are plenty of examples of that. Again, you know, I'll fall back to Australia. The New South Wales government uh, in Australia, so one of the states in Australia, actually appointed the very first Minister for Customer Service in 2019. His name is Victor Dominello. Really a charismatic leader uh, who led CX and digital transformation in the state of New South Wales from 2019 to early 2023. And then, of course, uh, you know, in the U.S., you know, the Biden administration released an executive order in 2021 on transforming uh, the federal customer experience and service delivery. So this is, you know, one big issue, again, you know, securing that, that executive mandate. The second critical issue is the post-COVID so-called new normal never arrived. Instead, what we got is systemic disruption that has been testing you know any government around the world testing their ability to keep people safe foster economic growth ensuring effective recovery from from an emergency now for many policymakers, improving cx has become almost an impossible goal i would say almost like returning humans to the moon. You know, I, I do love, you know, learning about you know, astrophysics and, you know, space exploration. So let me, let me entertain you with this analogy. You know, think what it takes to, to put people on the moon, right? So to send people to the moon. You know, the government needs to build public trust, secure political support, you know, and funding, most likely across, you know, several administrations, overcome technical complexities, right? To build and operate you know, a launch vehicle, right? Uh, landers, habitats that can ensure the safety of astronauts uh, in, you know, harsh space environments and so on, right? The U.S. government is at the forefront of that. And of course, you know, there are other governments, but, you know, fundamentally, you know, how many of these governments, uh, including, of course, the U.S., do this is by fostering the right partnerships across agencies, as well as the private sector. Think about, you know, SpaceX and, and so on and so forth. Now, this is true for space exploration, but it is also true when it comes to improving CX in government. The reality is that the quality of CX that government agencies deliver depend on a really complex uh, ecosystem of interlocking parts that must work together. And given the current you know, climate, the current environment, the more turbulence, the more disruption across the ecosystem, the harder it is to manage it, right? It, or it makes sense. So think about the past few years. We've been through health, environmental, social, geopolitical crises that caused and are still causing many breakdowns in public service delivery and government ability to build a better future for, for the people that they serve. So it becomes even more critical for government agencies to understand how people you know, navigate through disruption you know, and, and how, the, how the agencies can better serve people at important moments of need. Now, unfortunately, what happens, you know, the reality is that many of these agencies do struggle to have a unified view of their customers and this complex ecosystem. Right? They struggle to produce actionable insights. They struggle to motivate stakeholders within their own department, but as we just said, you know, across the government, uh, to do something about it. Because chances are that most public servants do want to do the right thing for people, right, for customers, but they work, they operate in circumstances where you know, misguided policies and, and misaligned priorities prevent them from doing so. 
so uh, my mind's full of moonshots and elephants and all sorts of analogies. But <laughs> it, it, what, it, what it kind of makes me think of is this, there's there's an analogy here to like a more practical analogy to private industry. What we see in globally for our CX index is if I take the UK for instance, but this trend because I know the data best, but right. this trend goes everywhere. Right. In the banking industry, the high street banks, the incumbent banks that have to serve the broad population, they have to be everything to everybody. So they struggle a bit. So their CX is generally lower Absolutely. than the challenger banks that are leaner, more targeted, have a niche customer base, and are super hyper-focused on a core set of experiences. So as a government, you, you don't have a choice about which citizens you serve. You've got to serve everybody. Absolutely. You're spot on. Um, you know, in fact, I would say that, you know, for many governments, even adopting the word customer, it's been, you know, a, a ride in itself. I recall having conversations with elected officials and, you know, public servants in the state of New South Wales, you know, before I mentioned them, you know, being at the forefront of this transformation. But the reality is that it took many years to even adopt the word customer. I'm with you, right? We know this, that smaller private organizations that tend to have a more targeted core customer base, you know, they have the luxury to tailor their CX, you know, the type of customer experience quality that they wanted to deliver to those people much better, right? It, it's easier. Uh, you have more control. And the government, of course, does not have that luxury. So if, I, if we push this analogy a bit further, if we look at what's gone on in the UK over the last few years in terms of digitization of public services, things like DVLA, so this, the, the Motor Vehicle Institute that issues driving licenses, Passport Authority, mm. they've massively digitized processes and they've got very, very good and very slick at creating online processes that all link together. Mm. So I can now apply for a passport by using my online driving license data. They've linked it all on the back end. They're creating very slick experiences. So it can be done. And we've talked a lot about what's happening today, but this is a predictions podcast. So what's going to happen? Are things going to get better in 2024? Um, you know, short answer here. Again, you know, this is you know, simple question, difficult answer. But in short, we do predict that a handful of agencies will indeed you know, keep improving their CX. Obviously, you know, the core question here is how. How are they going to do that? And you know, fundamentally, it's you know, very similar to what we expect uh, in the private sector. Again, you're looking at the CX index data. We know that common top drivers for CX are really about customer service and service delivery, right? Things like, you know, answering questions faster and better, uh, resolving problems on first contact, communicating uh, clearly, and leaving customers feeling respected and valued. Now, this is, you know, data that we collect. What do we predict for next year? Well, we think that many of the improvement next year will be behind the scenes, Basically, I'm alluding to emerging technology uh, like generative AI that augments customer service agent capabilities. Just want to say, I'm impressed. We got we got about 15 minutes into this predictions podcast without mentioning generative AI. So well done. Yeah, yeah, we managed, and I and I broke that record right now. Um, you know, listen, I'm not a technologist myself, um, but I, I do understand you know how technology plays a huge role in operationalizing and scaling efforts. But I personally do think that the best starting point is behind the scenes, right? You have a little bit more control on the quality of customer uh, delivery. Pretty sure that this is shared view across Forrester. I don't want to mention here the many blunders from you know, different governments when it comes to applying technology that bypasses entirely human supervision, right? Perhaps uh, you know, in, a, in another episode. Um, but my point here is that Many governments across the world, again, including here in Australia, the Australian Public Service, they are actually seeking guidance on Gen AI solutions 
right now as we speak. Our advice to CX leaders in government is to really uh, partner with, with your peers in customer service. So think of you know, directors of contact centers or you know, similar roles in, in order for you to be able to design and deliver uh, better customer service experiences. So this is one prediction, uh, but I, th I think you know, there's more to it. And I wanted to take a step back for a moment here and explore and sort of revisit one of the predictions that we had in 2022. So in 2022, we uh, looked at who was responsible for CX in government. And our data showed that 38% of those responsible for uh, CX programs reported to a chief customer officer or you know, similar, similar position. Sounds like great news, right? I told you before, CX transformation requires executive support. However, we found something very interesting. We also saw that only a handful of government organizations with chief customer officers improved CX quality in 2022. In some instances, actually, uh, CX quality declined. So, so what gives? You know, what, what's going on there? Well, this is an indication that only very few public sector chief customer officers use their clout to make the changes that matter the most. So that is, you know, implementing journey-centric approaches, replacing, you know, old processes, legacy systems, you know, that, that sort of stuff. And oftentimes, this exercise starts with mapping the experience of customers, you know, of people through significant moments, you know, life moments. All of this becomes really crucial, you know, looking at ways to make it easier for people to, you know, navigate the bureaucratic process. What are these moments that are really important? Well, think of bushfires or, you know, wildfires, I guess, if you're not Australian. Floods, yeah. you know, starting or growing a family, you know, retirement, end of life. These are really important moments in the lives of each one of us. And chances are that these moments, you know, these journeys, they span across multiple agencies. Which brings me to a prediction that we have for 2024. And that is... 30% of government tax spend will target cross-departmental CX. Now, policymakers that you know, are on a mission to improve CX, but are, you know, for obvious reasons, you know, frustrated with the you know, limited results that they see from you know, a very siloed approach to CX, what we predict is that they will boost tech budgets for these cross-agency efforts uh, using customer journey-centric delivery methods. Now, you know, going back to my starting point, this is the result usually of years-long evolution of whole-of-government approaches to CX. Again, you know, thinking of Australia, the federal government here in Australia is taking this approach, taking a page from the state government in New South Wales. They're actually creating this, you know, single door to government with the creation of a new agency called Services Australia, an agency that attempts to centralize customer-facing services from, you know, legacy agencies like Medicare, CenturyLink, uh, and so on. So I'm kind of hearing there's, there's a bunch of different threads going on here. There's a generative AI technology thread. There's a thread about data integration across these different departments and, and different agencies. But there's actually something really about CX basics, so journey mapping, customer centricity, putting a robust VOC and measurement program in place. Hmm. A lot of these things are 
table stakes for many CX organizations. And there's a lot of places where external agencies, vendors, or private sector organizations can do this, have done this. Hmm. So where do you think the opportunity is or where are government agencies looking to the private sector for help? Yeah, absolutely. Plenty, plenty of opportunities. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, governments often partner with the private sector to improve CX. I'll, uh, I'll give you another example from, from Australia. Um, it's a pretty cool example. Not great given the context, but um, let me entertain you with this. The Australian Death Notification Service, right? This is a great example of partnership between the government and the private sector. So w- what is it? This is a government initiative that is aimed at simplifying the process of notifying multiple government agencies, you know, banks, telcos, you know, utilities about the death of an individual and therefore reducing the, you know, the, the burden, right? The administrative burden on the deceased person's next of kin, right? So this is really uh, cool stuff that they've done last year. Now, integrated service delivery is the ultimate goal of uh, progressive government agencies, but there is a problem, a big, big problem there. Uh, in many countries where, you know, we, we have data on, a large chunk of the population, that is around you know, one-third of people in Australia and in the US, are not willing to interact with government at all. Think about that. That's huge. This is where the private sector can step in, right? And this is linked to a prediction that we have uh, for 2024. We predict that there will be an explosion of third-party generative AI-powered tools developed by individuals, private individuals, um, companies that aim to help people navigate complex government processes. Things like, you know, applying for programs. Think about a visa, for example, or, uh, you know, a PR, like I just went through myself uh, this year. Or, or you know, maximizing uh, benefits. Think about disability payments or, you know, pension benefits, for example. So government agencies will face a conundrum. Should they actually try to shut this tool down or embrace them by providing open data with APIs, right? There are, of course, you know, critical cybersecurity issues to overcome, right? Uh, I'm not an expert there, but I argue that government CX leaders must capitalize on this opportunity. Not only by uh, co-creating these sort of services, you know, AI-enabled services in partnership with the private sector, but also adopting what we call open CX strategies. So that is fundamentally CX strategies that are shared across the entire customer value network. Now, open CX can um, revolve around many different things like openness, transparency, inclusivity, innovation, right? Uh, All of this to enhance the customer experience with public services. So for example, Governments can decide to release non-sensitive data to the public to allow citizens, businesses, developers to you know, interact, analyze, and utilize this data to solve you know, complex problems and improve services. Another thing that they can do is to encourage citizens to participate in public matters. Uh, decision-making processes, you know, giving feedback and contributing you know, ideas to enhance public services and even policies. You know, a great example that I, uh, that I often use is virtual Taiwan. It's called, you know, V-Taiwan. So V-Taiwan is an open consultation process that brings together government officials in Taiwan, um, subject matter experts, and citizens on a national scale to reach consensus and craft legislation. You know, really, really cool stuff. Probably the, the last thing that I want to mention here in terms of, you know, open CX strategies 
think about again the ability to collect analyzing and acting in real time on customer feedback to improve services again this is across you know private and public sector so there's some really fascinating examples in there and i think in a in a world where the future of government might look a bit bleak for many people in many countries. I think you you painted actually quite a positive picture there about some of the things. I hope so. Much more open government, a much more kind of connected, networked government. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Um, you know, I, I I worked and lived in many different countries around the world in different continents. So, yeah, I'm I'm passionate about this. Um, I, I I do think you know governments have a huge uh, huge opportunity here in the next few years ahead. Well, thank you, Ricardo, for sharing this today. Listeners, if you want to know more about predictions, you can check out our other predictions episodes. You can go to our sister podcast, What It Means to Listen to a Broader CX, uh, CMO, Marketing, Technology, AI, too many that I can list, predictions on all sorts of different things. Or you can check out forrester.com forward slash predictions. So that just remains for me to say thank you, Ricardo. My pleasure. And thank you to producers Ellie and Julia, without whom none of this would happen. If you want to get in touch, email us at cxcast at And as always, you can find us at forrester.com or on your favorite podcast platform. So don't forget to like, subscribe, and tune in next time for more CX Insights.